Before we get going on this week's episode of the Nerd Chatter Podcast, I want to personally apologize for the audio quality of this week's episode. Uh, you'll periodically hear uh, audio artifacts such as this segment weekly show where we grab uh, a few. D- that audio artifact is caused by NVIDIA Broadcast, actually. We just started using a online solution for recording podcasts remotely for better quality, known as CleanFeed. My original assumption was that was the issue, but both of us had also installed NVIDIA Broadcast, which has caused issues on both of our ends in regards to that audio issue. Uh, so we're going to muscle through it this week. We will get it resolved for next week, and I do apologize. Welcome to this week's episode of the Nerd Chatter Podcast. For the last few weeks, we've spent a good amount of time kind of going over some of the bigger IPs. We're going to jump right into our natural setup for the show, which is a multi-segment weekly show where we grab a, a few different articles or news stories here and there and kind of share them with the community. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing good. Very nice. Very nice. You can hear the difference in his voice sounding beautiful. Nice mic, yeah, my friend. New micro. Yep. Everybody think my father-in-law. It's great. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, as always, we do start off with the free game discounts uh, for the week. And uh, this week on Epic Game Store for both of these games until July 21st, you have Wonder Boy, uh, The Dragon's Trap, as well as, uh, it's a bit much here, Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms, the D&D version, The Gladiators of the Black Pits Pack DLC. <laughs> Yeah, you do have to log into the game before July 21st, but you do get that DLC free. I think it mentioned something about a $100 value. That's a mouthful. And in this week's gaming news, a new mod for Battlefield 3 has just dropped. Project Reality is a project that's been seven years in the making, spearheaded by the developers of the Battlefield 2 mod by the same name. The mod, available to owners of the game and its DLC on Origin, features a number of improvements and modifications that offers a completely different playstyle to enjoy. Fans of the games like Arma and Squad will feel right at home as the mod converts the game to a more realistic milsim type of experience. Have you heard about the mod? I have. I'm super excited to play it. I, re- I mean, you know I played uh, Battlefield 3 a lot back in the day, and I, I, I played Arma quite a bit too, so mm-hmm. this is going to be a, a very natural game to get into for me. Yeah, I did have an opportunity to play it this morning, actually. We're recording on the 16th. I think the the release date was the 17th, but I hopped into uh, Venice Unleashed, which is the launcher for the game, and there was a handful of servers already running the mod, so I did have nice. an opportunity to jump in and check it out. Um, but, you know, we'll go over some details here, just to kind of give a, the, the listeners a rundown here. Uh, like I mentioned, the game is for uh, Battlefield 3, and that is on PC. Uh, the dev team is Project Reality Team. You can find some info on them at realitymod.com. Uh, first and foremost, to play the game, you do need the game itself, uh, as well as all of the DLCs, and it's on Origin. Uh, and as you know, you have the Battle Log, I think it is, a web browser-based launching system uh, for those older games. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. spent many a days going through Battle Log trying to find a good server. Like, I truly hate that whole system, and, and they did that for um, Hardpoint, a long I think time. it was. Yeah, they did it for quite a few games, and it's and it's ruined it for me a bit. But uh, Venice Unleashed is a way of kind of getting around that, and they have a really nice server list and and join uh, system. It's it's pretty clean. Everything is integrated for downloading the mods. So, like I said, you do need the uh, a legitimate copy of Battlefield Three, and then all of the DLCs, uh, and then you just sign into your account, link it to the Origin account, and uh, you're good to go. Once you join the server, it'll automatically install the mods for you. Nice. Uh, I'll have to do that later. You know, it's uh, pretty easy to hop in and, and kind of get some play time. And it's a little bit slower of a play style, so you do want to kind of uh, take your time and, and get used to the, uh, the new way of handling things in the game. But uh, all in all, it's pretty nice. And I'm going down the list here. Uh, you do have some dramatic changes to the game, and I don't want to make it seem like you're going to be playing Battlefield 3. Um, you do have a graphics mod, so it, it looks a lot, lot cleaner. Uh, however, there is a gameplay and UI overhaul. There's unique weapon mechanics. Uh, the, the gameplay itself is more tactical. Uh, there is a, a voiceover IP system with radio channels and proximity, team proximity, uh, which is really nice. I got an opportunity to test that, and it sounds really good. Uh, there's new multiplayer game modes. Uh, I think they have 100-plus server lobby support. Um, 
you know the custom maps and models i believe there's custom models for like weapons and stuff like that there's a dynamic weather system there's a night and day cycle um, the entire spawning system has been altered and, and shuffled around there's no spawning on squad mates there's no you know uh, trickery of, of people popping up right at the last second when you're downing somebody you know so uh, it is more of like squad in, in regards to the fact that you have rally points and uh, you know deployed spawn points and stuff like that uh, also a new medical system it's kind of restricted to, to medics and you have dressings and things like that so uh, a little bit more realistic and and uh, you do have the similarities with uh, games like squad where uh, you know um, I guess in particular circumstances on, on certain servers, uh, it is set up to where you don't know who's teammates and who's enemies. So you kind of have to use the map and communication to differentiate enemies from, from friendlies. So Sounds solid. I'm Like I said, I played Arma 3. Um, did you ever play those modded uh, lobbies where like you have different objectives and it changes objectives for you once you complete the objective? Yeah, the uh, I mean, those were like the Milsim servers, right? Yeah, and that's what I did. It was, yeah. it was extremely fun. So you're getting that essentially, but in a in a Battlefield Three kind of package, uh, and, it, and it, it does feel really good. I will admit that it feels really good. Um, however, I did mention that you do have some some slower gameplay. Uh, suppression is a big thing, you know. So so burning your ammo to suppress an enemy actually matters. Uh, you know, you can't you can't just peek out and and just keep laying into it. You know, if if they start suppressing, it's easy to get a headshot and you're out. So people are huddled. People are, are tactically crossing streets and giving, you know, giving uh, bearing callings and, and all that good stuff. Uh, it's it's actually quite nice. So I do personally recommend it. And in regards to Battlefield, I mean, you like Battlefield, right? I mean, what, what Battlefield yeah. games have you played? I mean, I think I've played every, I mean, I think I've played every single Battlefield game now, but I got started with uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Mm -hmm. and that was my first real entry then i uh no life battlefield 3 for a while yeah and battlefield 4 then i've played all of the other ones it's just i haven't got into these the last mm -hmm. few as much so 1942 for me uh, and especially when they brought back the like the browser-based one for a bit there i forget when that was it had to have been like over five years ago but they had they had a kind of like resurgence in the 1942 and it felt really good to play and uh, I enjoyed that but like you said Bad Company was like huge at the time it was kind of this departure from the realistic military experience that you're getting from Battlefield and kind of what you played Battlefield for right yeah um, comparing that to COD which is a lot more arcadey at the time you know you wanted a more uh, realistic experience and given they're both you know still your console based and PC based FPS they're not they're not milsims like like what this game actually gets converted to when you instant when you you know work with this mod so um you know to go over some information uh, we will have uh, a link to the article below uh polygon kind of went over some of the details on it however there's kind of information scattered all over uh, which i did kind of give a rundown here um, but you do have slorg's youtube channel if you need help installing the client which i mentioned is venice unleashed uh, link is in the description below uh, but a quick run over of that is that uh, you make an account on the uh, website uh, you download the launcher and you will connect the launcher with your login information to your origin uh, and that's pretty much it you hop in a server and whatever mods the server has it installs it for you uh, but slorg's youtube channel uh, that video over there has uh, a nice little rundown if you need the assistance uh, and like i said the polygon article is linked down below I'm also going to throw in a, a link to the dev page for the developers. Uh, they've been doing this for quite a while. And like I mentioned, uh, seven years to complete this mod. Like, that's a good chunk. That's know? dedication. Yeah. I think it was over 80 contributors that were involved in, in making the, the mod. So, I mean, we're talking about a passion project for, you know, quite a few people. Good stuff. I mean, you have uh, Battlefield 2042. Right? I think you got me a copy of Battlefield 2042 for Christmas, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. You play that? I've played it. Um, I played it pretty good for the first little bit. I didn't ex encounter too many bugs, but I did encounter them. Um, I, I started playing practically almost all offline because the bugs with other people were unbearable. Um, yeah. Right now, it is not installed, but <laughs> I do have it. 
Yeah, I mean, you can catch me playing it sometimes on our Twitch channel uh, over at Nerd Chatter Show on Twitch. Link down in the description down below. You know, play a little bit of that, but there are quite a few bugs. A lot of the bugs that you get are from maybe the first five minutes of joining a server just because of the map loading and, and other assets and things like that. It's still a little chunky, you know. I have a pretty decent RTX rig, uh, and it, it does, you know, it puts it through through the ringer. So... Uh, you do have some rendering issues. I've had like entire tunnels blocked by uh, what seems to be one-way assets of of just a single layer of rock pattern. You know, so it's like I can I can't see through it. They can see me. <laughs> I can see the bullets coming <laughs> out of it, but I can't shoot into it because it's acting like a wall. You know, and that's just such a weird bug. Um, yeah. I know that when well, the game, I... you know, first started, you had a lot of issues with, you know, air vehicles or air, you know, airplanes and helicopters, uh, blinking in and out of existence or, or flickering all over the sky. That type of stuff has been sorted out, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember watching you play that, um, probably a week ago or so and me watching you, you stream it. There's this guy that was shooting you on top of a cliff. You couldn't see it all, but the bullets are just coming straight <laughs> through the cliff. And it was just like, how's oh that supposed God. to work? I remember that. That is true. Uh, 100%. I, I was zoomed in. I think it was like 4X or 2X at least. And uh, it was on the, uh, I forget, the Canadian map. Uh, he was on the cliff side. I was down on the opening, the side of the hill or the side of the cliff. Yeah, and I was looking up, and people who've played that map know you can kind of just glide down that crack in the in the hills. Uh, he was up on a rock at the high point, and I could see the muzzle flash, and I could see the bullets coming, but I could not see what was shooting it. And I had clear vision of the rocks behind and around and everything. He wasn't tucked. He was, from where the bullets were going, I should have been able to at least see, like, I don't know, mid-thigh and higher. Yeah, you know? it was pretty nuts. <laughs> it was pretty bad. So you get some issues like that. However, you know, it's it's a fun little run and gun if you want to run around and shoot. The the flagrant spawning system in the game makes it easy to kind of just get some some cheap fun. Uh, however, it's also infuriating in terms of the, the spawn system, which is why I like this mod too, is that it kind of does take you back to the Arma days where it's like you have to have the, the respawn vehicle out there uh, and, you, have, you know, it has to be protected. It can't be destroyed. And that's how people can bypass the long entry into the fight and stuff like that. So um, I definitely recommend it. I mean, you know, it's uh, if you got the DLC, it's it's free. It's not it's not something that's going to cost you any money. And uh, to me, it adds a, an entirely new layer to the experience, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've had all of the DLC since the DLC came out, so I'm good on that. It'll yeah, be good to play. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's uh, stream it on Twitch at some point. Definitely. So for our next segment, um, Okay, so you know that at Comic-Con or different big events like that, they'll show footage and trailers of various projects, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, at the very end of May this year, Star Wars Celebration happened. And during that, they showed uh, private trailers um, for Mandalorian Season 3, Ahsoka, Andor, which we did get a... A condensed version of that to release to the general public um, then uh, a couple other like just glimpses of stuff but again none of it was released beyond what we got which was the one and or trailer and uh, earlier this week or I guess it wasn't earlier this week on Thursday um, a Twitter user called at Sam Sam Lalo Lalo 170 he uploaded the full trailer from star Wars celebration to twitter and it has so much packed into it um did you did you watch it uh, i haven't seen the the trailer no um i did see like a glimpse of it i saw a couple different mm -hmm. you know um options yes there are different versions of it out there some of them were, were really good and some of them um you know look better than others but i didn't sit down and actually watch it now yeah, so this one, is, like, so there's been several other leaks of this same trailer, but it's always been really poor quality, um, and you, you don't see all of it because someone's head gets in the way or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever reason, um, or it just cuts off quickly. Um, but this one, 
was a clear shot of the whole screen for the whole trailer and it's epic there's just so much packed into it um well i mean let's I mean, let's it, run it down what do we what do we got describe it for the know, for the people's okay i got this so obviously it starts off with some dramatic drums and just some really intense music then uh mando's scene like on this planet it, i don't know um this is going to be really geeky and nerdy, but I mean, we're the Nerd Chattered podcast, so, you know, whatever. Um, have you seen the original series for Star Trek? Like, the original series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I distinctly tried to sit down and watch it, and I got, like, halfway through the first episode, and I was like, nope. <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch, but uh, it, it's it's fun, uh, but there's definitely... I know it gets um, better after, like, 60s season technology. Like, oh, I heard yeah. I heard that the show gets dramatically better over the years, and I was just like, nah, I'm all right. Well, it's only three seasons, so it just it it is what it is. There's some landscape uh, in the original series, uh, like on the Gorn planet, where it's like super jagged rocks and stuff. Mm. It looks very similar to that. Probably somewhere in Southern California. But, <laughs> yeah, naturally. <laughs> um, anyway, so we see Mando going through this, and we hear dialogue from the armor. Uh, you remember her, right? She has like the golden helmet and a hammer, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she says, you've removed your helmet. What's worse, you did it of your own free will. You are no longer Mandalorian. Redemption is no longer possible since the destruction of our homeworld. And during that, we see a whole bunch of different, um, like, quick progression of um, scenes. We see Grogu with the armor in a whole new location, but she still has her forge and smithing set and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then. Um, we see what looks like a possible foundling helmet, if you get my drift, um, getting forged. Uh, it it looks like it it could be. No, I don't know not for the sure. little dome thing, is it? The ones that they wear in the in the Jedi Council? No, not like that. It's like Jedi Temple. No, 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 no. It's like Mandalorian helmet. No, you're lying. You're talking about I'm... a Grogu Mando helmet. I don't know if it's for Grogu, but it's definitely a smaller helmet. Wow. Anyways, then we see Mando's new uh, fighter that he gets in uh, Book of Boba Fett. You know, getting fired upon in space by like 20 ships. It's no big deal. And it transitions into Mando Mando and Grogu walking in this big, great hall with Bo-Katan way at the end. Um, It looks like, I don't know if you've seen Rebels. But there's a a family, a Mandalorian family called the Rens that have this big. It's almost like palace. It looks very similar to that. So I don't. I'm I'm wondering if it's um, a similar location or the same location. Hmm. But anyways, we see Mando walking down, and we hear Bo-Katan say, "Your cult gave up on it," which I'm assuming is Mandalore. But anyways, continuing. Then she says, you're a good guy. And it's kind of muffled, so I'm assuming that's what it says. Then we have another several really quick shots of Mando walking in a dark cave. Um, your favorite Kowakian monkey lizards just chilling in a tree. Uh, do, you know, do you know what Kowakian monkey lizard is? Yes. <laughs> Salacious crumb, yes, right? Yes, my, my boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then um, this little segment we see or not segment but in this little phase we see grief car show up and um, it's carl weathers and he's in like this whole get up and swag um i think drip is the the word people use now <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh no all right he he looks pretty good um right. and we see some again really quick shots we see uh, some rodians um there's a republic officer called carson teva he was one of the two pilots that um, was chasing Mando in season two and like had that spider caves thing because of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, then we see Peli, um, the the lady on Tatooine who loves Grogu. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> and was we the see one with Gro- the eyebrows. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Um, then we see Grogu in Mando's fighter in the cockpit and not in his little bubble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, then there's a, a brand new protocol design, or protocol droid design that we see. Then the cloner from season one that um, 
that kind of helps Din rescue the baby after uh, the client was like, kill him or we don't need him anymore, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we, we see him very briefly. Then uh, we see Mandalorians beating their chests. And these guys have uh, all of these Mandalorians have red, blue, and white coloration. This is going to be important later. Then uh, the next series, we see Mando uh, talking to Bogatan, saying, I'm going to Mandalore so I can be forgiven of my transgressions. And again, really quick shots. We see Mando's ship leaving a tropical planet. Uh, Mandalorian scout or Mandalorians scouting a town like ready for battle, guns up. We see the cloner walking through a Republic checkpoint. Uh, Mando walking into the picture with several new Mandalorians. Uh, Bo-Katan looking from out uh, from her palace at a ship leaving. And she looked pissed. Like, I don't know. I mean, she's definitely pissed after what happened in uh, Season 2. But she looked extra pissed. Then we see Mando's ship getting fired upon again by multiple ships. Then uh, here's the spicy thing. We see a droid attached to Mando's ship. Like an actual droid. In no. like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks like the red... Uh, R4 unit that Pelly had. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Which, if that's the case, that's like a a shout out to the red R4 unit that was uh, at Luke Skywalker's place when the Jawas <laughs> were trying to sell him. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> had the busted was, motivator. I honestly thought you were going to say that it was R2. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, like, no, no. He's not on load. No. Nope. Not, definitely not R2, but it, it definitely looks like that R4 unit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyways then we see Grogu in Din's lap in that sequence then we get the spicy well it's not as spicy but we get this dialogue from Bo-Katan saying did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian like that's pretty uh those are fighting words <laughs> uh, so here like the the pace of the trailer keeps on getting faster and faster from here and from here, we get Paz Vizsla, which is the big blue Mando who uh, goes around palling around with the armorer. He and other Mandalorians are, which again, I think these Mandalorians we haven't seen before, even from earlier in the trailer, are protecting um, a retreat of some kind. But there's kids, like multiple kids with Mandalorian helmets running away too. It was like a very quick shot. If you, if you, didn't pause it at that second. You just think there are like kids running away, but it's really kids with Mandalorian helmets running away. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's going to be we... like a, a newer development, or those are like actual kids in training that they're now trying I, to like take care of. I think they're just Mandalorian kids that are a part of the 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 cult. You know. Yeah. Anyways, we see a better picture of the. That helmet that I was talking about, that the armor was forging, with it some, uh, it's very clear that it's a smaller helmet, possibly for Grogu, maybe for one of the other kids that we see. We see more Mando ship action. This time he's shoot, doing the shooting instead of getting shot at. Armor and the Paz, or and Paz, not the Paz, but Paz looking at each other, then like holding that forge hammer together. Then there's a really cool shot of like a like a drop ship full of Mandalorians that are like getting ready just to be dropped into battle. We have the armor beating the crap out of an Aqualish uh, with her hammer. That was a pretty fun little thing. Then, uh, okay, so you remember in Rise of Skywalker, a little itty bitty character called Babu Frick? Oh yeah, Babu. Hey, that guy, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. The comedic there's injection. A... Yeah. Yes, there are multiple of those species that make a quick appearance. Then again, quicker shots um, of Bogotan, Grogu. Um, then we get this large sweeping shot of several, at least what it looks to be, several Imperial Star Destroyers either getting repaired, built, or retrofitted. We see a, a couple people like in the foreground, but we see one really good picture or one really good Imperial Star Destroyer, but it looks like there's more 
Um, and I have some speculation on that. Then um, we see Mando's fighter uh, again doing some more shooting, actually shooting stuff down. And it's over a moon. And I think it might be the the moon of Mandalore, which is, I think, Concordia. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but mm. I think that's what it is. Then we have just really general action sequences with a final shot of the trailer of a ship coming through the clouds of what looks to be the remnants of Sundari city, which is Mandalore's old capital, but mm. it's definitely Mandalore. And what it's think, uh, for sure. Oh, it's hundred percent Mandalore because it's the same like shape as the, like the bubble cities that they had on Mandalore. And it, uh, the, you know, they had the, those little sequences. I, I can't remember if it was season two or in Book of Boba Fett where they had a, the sequence of the Night of a Thousand Tears and like what looked to be nukes just getting dropped all over Mandalore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the remnants of one of those. Interesting. For sure. Yeah. Anyways, and then the trailer ends with Mandalorian Star Wars, you know. Woo yeah, yeah. Quite an exciting moment for you, huh? <laughs> it, uh, yes it was but um <laughs> anyways i have some speculation on season three if you want to talk about it real quick all right what do you got so i think at the very beginning of the season we're going to see mando go find the armor again and be like hey i really want to be forgiven here by trespasses because you know whatever and he explains the situation which i think that's when we get the the dialogue from her about like you can't be forgiven you did this of your own free will and all that type of stuff. And yeah. Uh -huh. Then he's going to go seeking out Bo-Katan to go to Mandalore. And I think they're going to do a scouting mission where they go to Mandalore and they come across the Star Destroyers either. And I think they're getting retrofitted to have Beskar holes. I then mean, the rest. that's a lot of, of, that's a lot of material. <laughs> that's a little Except... bit to have that much. They would if they wiped out a majority of the population and they were utilizing all of that Beskar that would have been there on the planet, mind what was ever left on the planet. So the rarity of it now is based on the fact that you just can't get it? Or has it always been yeah. there? It, it's, I mean, Mandalore and its moon were the only places you could mine Beskar. Like, that's those were the only source. So... I would imagine that it would be pretty scarce overall through the galaxy, but um, there might be enough to at least do some inlay or um, plating of Beskar on a couple Star Destroyers and make them practically impenetrable. Anyways, I think the rest of the, the season is going to be of Din realizing he has to stop the Empire, gathering forces of all of these different Mandalorian factions that he goes and finds. And then uh, we have a big fight for Mandalore at the end. Well, that'd be pretty cool, actually. I do want to yeah. see Mandalore. I want to see, I want to see that environment. And I do remember that scene, but it is the attack scene, but it is kind of vague in my memory. Cause I mean, that's been a while. I, every time yeah. I say that, but it's, that's what happens when you binge these shows, you know, it's like they're, you know, fairly short seasons compared to what you're used to. And, uh, it's easy to kind of like just forget details and what happened before what and by this point, you know with Mando crossing over to uh, Other shows like Boba Fett and stuff like that. It's like you gotta try to keep track of what show Things happen in you know, so we discussed a little Heck bit of yeah. that in our in our Star Wars uh, catch-up because You know, that's a big part of, of new Star Wars is kind of the overlapping uh, realities of the shows and the movies and stuff like that, but uh, it sounds pretty neat. I have to take a look at it. Um, I did kind of want to wait to to watch it because I wanted to hear you describe it. But uh, it sounds pretty clean. Sounds sounds about what I would expect for the the story to go, especially since they've already reintroduced Grogu into the storyline again. And you mm -hmm. know, where do you go from there? Yeah, and I think uh, I think the big bad guy is going to be um, Moff Gideon again. I think he's going to get a prison break, and he'll be the big the big bad, but we'll have the big bad after that be Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I think he's going to play a very critical role moving cool. forward. I don't know yeah. much of the character, but I have, I've seen him. I've seen some of the performances uh, in the show, um, just like snippets here and there. And 
you know, he just gives off your more like prim and proper, uh, like Empire-esque type, you know, officer character. Um, I know you've recommended you, the book. Um, books. There Ron, are six right? books. I know, which has made it difficult trying to decide which one to, to actually uh, put a request in at my local library. Uh, keep but, that in mind, everybody. Do you have any audio books or books that you want to read? They're completely free at the library, and you can take care of all of it online. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah. you know, if you want to have an audio book and you don't want to pay for Audible, just look at your local library, get a library card, which is free, and and uh, rent one of the audio books. They got their own little app, and you can uh, sit there and enjoy. But I am, I do have Thrawn on on hold, or I'm in queue for it, so I haven't gotten to that yeah. one yet. Kind of stoked. But, but... And that one is the first out of the first trilogy. Then there's the, I think it's Thrawn Alliance trilogy, which is kind of back in the past a little bit, but they are extremely good. The writing is very good. Um, I mean, it sounds like a fairly predominant character. I mean, if you're going to have six books dedicated to it. Yeah. And I mean, he played a really big part in uh, Rebels season two moving on. I mean, I'm going to have to watch Rebels because, you know, people bring it up quite a bit and I did watch parts of it and, the the first you know, season is the really first season was a little rough. I was like, eh. yeah, and I had just gotten. I I didn't say get done. I think I I cut through like the, the last season or midway through the last season of Clone Wars, which is just, not Kitty at that point. <laughs> no, and it was good. It was just like I don't know why I jumped to to Rebels, but I did, and um, it was such a dramatic tonal shift. The art style was so different, and. I think by the time that Clone Wars was wrapping up, the art style was was pretty advanced and like clean, and it gave off adult vibes. And when I went into to Rebels, it was very just kind of you know um, very shallow color palette, not not too much going on. Like you did have some flashiness to it, but it seemed dumbed down and a lot more kiddish. Um, yeah, the but, first know. season is very kiddish. However, it gets better. Yeah, I mean, Much that's kind of how, how it always goes, you know, even with the, the prequels. <laughs> Just keep watching, they'll get better. And they did. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to give I'll have to give uh, the book a listening to and, and maybe think about a trilogy, because that is a lot of listening hours. Um, but he does sound like he's going to be a fairly important question. So maybe a nice little character rundown or, or perusing the Wikipedia would be a good idea on my behalf. Yeah, 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 definitely. And to finish up our segments here, uh, jumping back to video games, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but uh, Skate 4 was announced not too long ago. I don't know if you ever played Skate. Did you ever get involved with Skate? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I did play like a Tony Hawk skating game, uh, It, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Skate was the more realistic approach to it. Uh, looking back, I mean, I play Skate 3. I've streamed it a couple times. Um, I don't think that footage is, is stuck on, on Twitch, so I'll have to get to it again sometime. But uh, Skate was the more realistic approach and, and, you know, more of the repetitive grind of what a skater would actually want, you know, picking lines, setting them out, and trying to perfect certain tricks and stuff. Um, so it was announced uh, just after Tony Hawk Pro Skater was re-released with the graphic upgrade and, and all that good stuff, which is pretty fun. I do own that, and I do recommend it if you're nostalgic for that type of thing. But uh, EA couldn't resist in, in making an announcement that they were releasing Skate 4 after, like, a decade, finally, of people asking and begging. Uh, they chose right after Tony Hawk came out to, to make the announcement. But, you know, it's a long way to tile, and, uh, you know, it has undergone a name change. It is no longer Skate 4. It's known as just Skate, period. Uh, that was the name of the original game, but you kind of have like a, a reimagining of the original title because they do plan on having it free to play. So the new EA Skate game will be free to play. Uh, it will be cross-progression, cross-play. Uh, so you have it on Xbox, PlayStation, PC. I don't know about uh, Switch, but uh, you do have the main uh, big boy consoles ready to go couple things going down the list of, of what to expect because I think we all kind of revolt in the idea of a free-to-play game especially with something as anticipated as the new skate game um, but like I like I mentioned it's been renamed to skate you got the free-to-play aspect the cross-play and cross-progression which I always like uh, you do get that from the uh, Xbox app on PC when you have like an Xbox uh, in the other room and you want to carry over some gameplay uh, I was playing uh, Power Wash Simulator, which is game of the year, by the way. 
Uh, I was playing that the other day and uh, went from the bedroom. I was playing it on the console and hopped on the PC and it picked up right where I left off. Uh, and it's a nice feature. So this will be showcasing a cross-progression uh, gameplay as well, which is nice, especially with it being uh, pretty much on every console. Uh, it does take place in a new city, which is San Vansterdam, which is, I believe, a sister city to the original uh, city of the other games, uh, which I don't know the name of. I know it's play on vans uh, as well, but uh, it's a completely new environment. Uh, there are no pay-to-win features, supposedly. <laughs> no paywalled areas, supposedly. Uh, no paid loot boxes, supposedly. Um, there could be a possible mobile version. There are seasonal drops, which I would assume would be clothes. Uh, I mean, probably everything. You got trucks, you got wheels, you got probably even bearings. They, they would have bearings in the game, even though you don't see them uh, very much. Um, you know, and decks, probably grip tape, uh, clothes, hats, glasses, things like that will probably be uh, uh, dropped. Uh, you might even have some like Twitch drops and stuff like that. Uh, and they're also going to have live events. Uh, one of the features uh, is something currently going under the working title of Collabo Zone, uh, which is actually a way for players to modify and generate their own maps and then kind of share and integrate them into other people's experiences. So uh, it'll be kind of like an ever-evolving world uh, and something new to explore every time you kind of log in. Uh, and I think you have the ability to kind of get a group together and make your own maps and, and share them within the community. So uh, some interesting developments in the Skate 4 uh, landscape. It's definitely uh, on the fence for me when it comes to free-to-play. What do you think of a free-to-play skateboarding game like that? I'm not super interested in skateboarding games in general, but uh, if it's free-to-play, I'll at least give it a try. I think that's the thing with skateboarding games that... Like, I'm not a skater. I did try when I was younger. Um, in high school, we kind of had this... I think I mentioned it in our... On either on the website or in our last episode for DC. Um, but, you know, I did have a kind of like a faux skateboarding brand out of high school. We were trying to sponsor some some friends and stuff like that. So I was always at the skate park. I had a lot of friends who were skaters and would hang out with my buddy uh, while he was skating. But uh, with my messed up ankles, I was never the one on the board, you know. So um, I always had an interest for it, but the thing with skate games is you can just kind of sit down and goof around, you know? And when you hit certain tricks, especially in a game like Skate, which is more precise than Tony Hawk, it's not as arcadey, uh, it feels good. It feels rewarding. Um, and, you know, being able to do clips and things like that is, is always fun, you know? You don't have to jump in and take it seriously. It's always kind of like a free roam experience uh, and just kind of like a nice laid back uh, gaming. Um, so I do recommend it, especially with, like I said, with it being free to play and the way that they're, they're setting it up, you know, with no pay to win features and no paywalled areas. That was the big concern was, you know, you can skate the pier, but you got to pay five bucks, you know, uh, and nobody wants that. So, uh, that is the news in regards to the skate franchise. No word on, uh, when it'll be released yet. There was a alpha test version that leaked, uh, that, I believe EA or uh, the developers, what is it, Full Circle? Yeah, Full Circle, the developers um, have basically begged people not to uh, partake in that alpha because of how bad it is. Um, I mean, it looked fairly basic. It's just very rudimentary and, and unskinned and you know choppy. So um, a lot of discussion, a lot of clamor over it. Me personally, it's like if it's free to play, then it's uh, something I don't have to buy. Uh, and I get to enjoy uh, these days. I'm kind of floating around those types of games anyways. Um, and it's a skate game, so you can have fun even if you can't buy, you know, boards you want or clothes you want or whatever. Uh, the mechanics and the experience will be the same. So uh, I'm here for it. Uh, not, not too bad, I guess, uh, as long as they stick to their promises of no pay to win and all that good stuff. So anything else that uh, you got from this week that you want to throw in there, even if it's just a little comment? Actually, there has been some uh, a little bit of rumor running around that um, the TV show, um, I think it's called Skeleton Crew, is in production now, and uh, the Acolyte show is in pre-production. So, Skeleton Crew is what was that again? I just it's a that's um... it's a bunch of little kids that get stuck in space and. They, they said it's a show about kids, but it's not a kid's show. Like, that is their, their pitch mm. for it. But it is supposedly filming. 
and uh, and full swing, which is interesting because I mean they they should still be doing Ahsoka right now, so that means they have two shows in full production right now. Mm. Um, so they must be really ramping up all of their production side stuff to get uh, to pump out all this Disney Plus content. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what about Russia wanting to uh, build their own video game engine so that they're not <laughs> reliant on uh, Unreal or Unity? How do you feel about that? They want a state-funded game engine so that they can develop games for the world. Honestly, I really don't pay attention to anything about Russia anymore. Um, that ship sailed, uh, you know, earlier this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I mean think about they... that though. The 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 implications of a Russian government-funded video game engine for games that would be sold internationally. Like I, I mean, <laughs> I would never buy that. Against, I have nothing against Russians. I play I play you know uh, games by Russian developers, but. Uh, the idea of like a state-funded game engine it's like eh. and, <laughs> i don't know and, and that's how russia hacks a majority of computers in the world right there done doing yeah basically it would be any little uh snot-nosed gamer like ourselves well i wouldn't touch a game with that engine even if it was a star wars game i would <laughs> yeah. not do it we'll have to keep our keep our finger on that pulse for sure yep and you do have uh, also this weekend comments. Uh, what was this? I see a variety here saying Harrison Ford scared off Chris Pratt from ever taking over the role of Indiana Jones after saying, don't you get it? I'm Indiana Jones. When I'm gone, he's gone. It's easy. What do you think? Those are uh, aggressive words by Harrison Ford. <laughs> I get it. It's his baby and it's all he has been his baby, but aggressive. Yeah, and very aggressive. I, I don't know if Chris Pratt is the best choice for that, but I mean, he would have brought comedy to it for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. That's that is one of those characters that's probably just best to to be left to time, you know. Shia LaBeouf is, you know, uh, enigma. I would say, um, <laughs> you could at least give him a shot with his own movie. They did set it up for that. Um, if you haven't have seen Harris... the He Will Not Divide Us whole debacle with with Shia LaBeouf I highly recommend that watch it's actually insane like okay. Reddit Reddit trolled that that dude so hard it's absolutely insane uh, but yeah continue <laughs> anyways I'll, I'll have to give that a watch but I, I know there have they, like Indiana Jones 5 is in development I'm just really curious to see what happens if you know Indy dies in that or whatever uh, I mean Harrison be... Ford's like 80 and I think he just turned 80 like today or yesterday it's totally um, fine to do that you know what i mean like it's totally fine yeah. to just let the character rest die yeah you know and if anything if after harrison ford dies do a reboot people would love that and just about five instead of years having, later yeah well exactly and instead of having it be you know nazis and you know pre-world war ii then world war ii then whatever the crystal skull was um have it be the russians or have it be the the north koreans or what have you there i mean there's other things to to pick from but i mean there's i say so there'll much be some injection of story where they have him cryogenically frozen in space obviously and he comes oh, back course. in the year 2022 or 2023 and then is like a fish out of water type comedy you know uh, and yeah, starring uh, starring Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt. Why not? yeah, in his yeah, in yeah. his Mario uh, voice. <laughs> that was my problem with Solo. I mean, I didn't really care for that movie. I know you liked it a bit, but you know, just the whole it's recasting the... of characters. Well, and I think if done correctly, it's fine. I mean, they they could not have cast a better Lando Calrissian. Um, what's that guy's name? Donald Glover. Donald he Glover. is amazing. Especially as Lando. And that's why I like Solo is because of his performance. It's golden. And um, they there is a Lando show in pre-production somewhere, somehow. Um, and it is rumored that uh, Billy D. Williams will be reprising the role as well. And like will be, you know, narrating a story. Then it breaks into... Donald Glover, young Lando, like doing stuff. So if that happens, I'm, I'd be really excited for that because I think that'd be a really good 
um, Super bridge. Cool. Yep. Talking about Donald Glover, have you seen? Um, this is America. <laughs> the uh, uh, not that I want to keep wanting to say Multiverse of Madness, but the uh, Spider Verse. You seen yeah, the Spider Verse yeah. movie? So I mean, Donald Glover plays Aaron Davis in Spider-Man: Homecoming. The one he sticks his his hand to the 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 trunk of the car. That's Prowler from the movie, the bad guy, yeah, the yeah. uncle. That's in that's in purple. So it's like you have that character introduced, uh, and then you have him reference Miles Morales as like my nephew grows up in the city. Blah blah blah. That whole thing was was um, you know intended to kind of lead into Miles Morales, and then the Prowler eventually being a character that gets introduced. Uh, hopefully they bring it back. Like you said, Donald Glover is a, a good actor, and he played that role kind of weird, to be honest. It was kind of like lackluster, but you know, I I would like to see him in one of the the bigger roles and having a, a villain role in one of the Spider-Man movies would be cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Now I wouldn't be uh, quite a nerd if I passed passed up the opportunity to mention the uh, the James Webb Space Telescope and the first images that were released uh, earlier in the week. Did you see those? I did. Those are amazing. I, I really like nighttime photography. So mm -hmm. I've been having my, uh, or specifically, you know, astro photography at night. And uh, I've been waiting for this to come out and it, it did not disappoint. Yeah. I mean, I've been, it had been at least three years for me, you know, it's like murmurs when they first started getting kind of murmured online of, of, you know, it's like, I know the project is in advance and people with, you know, their, their ear to the ground when it comes to NASA and the projects they're working on and stuff like that, you probably know years in advance, but once it started hitting more of like a realistic, you know, this is in the near future type, you know, I think it was like three or four years ago or three years ago that I started really getting amped for it. And, yeah. uh, you know, like every month I, I, I randomly think about like how sick it would be to see those pictures. And now we're starting to get them and the quality is insane, you know? Um, however, you get the, 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 Typical discourse online, right? It looks fake. Uh, it doesn't look very much better as Hubble. Uh, well, know, and they have to colorize of, Hubble. Yeah, they have to, and it's so nasty. Like I'm looking at something right now, actually, um, on the internet, where they're shifting between the Hubble and the and the web, and the difference is so dramatic and clear, uh, and absolutely gorgeous. I'm loving all of these pictures and. And different data that's coming in in regards to like you know oxygen and water and things they're finding out there it's like oh the next five ten years are going to be very interesting you know and the 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 nuances of how the satellite operates and where it operates and you know the 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 way it, it actually got up there and how big it is i mean it's like bigger than a school bus but you know was able to be fit into the top of the rocket and the way it unfolded and just it's very exciting going through the the days of them uh, the unfolding process and kind of laying out the sheets and stuff like that. The, uh, the reflectors. Yeah, it's all amazing. In incredible. You know, all the, all the minute details of what fabric is this and what fabric is that. Uh, and online, they got a live feed of telling you exactly the temperatures on the, the satellite right now. You can go in there and actually see like where it's at and how hot certain parts are compared to others and dramatic differences in, in hundreds of degrees Fahrenheit and, uh, just insane. I'm, I'm super stoked at, at what's been uh, shown to us already. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I guess uh, last little last little rumor is uh, Ryan Gosling is showing interest in playing Ghost Rider for Marvel Universe. What do you think? Ryan Gosling? Ghost Ryan Rider? Gosling. <laughs> um, he, I don't think he's hard enough. <laughs> Whoa! Damn! Oh my god. Well, we just got canceled for sure. Um, I mean, he's he's a good actor. Unless he bulks up and really devotes himself to that role, I don't think he is a good choice for that. Yeah, just my honest opinion. It's a heavy CGI character, though, and you don't you wouldn't see him too much as. It doesn't you know. matter. It, it, yeah, he can be a CG character all he wants, but you, you, I mean, his normal talking voice ain't gonna do it for me. <laughs> True. Yeah, his it would be his voice. Okay, so my thing is Keanu Reeves. What do you think? Ooh, I could see my that thing, working. My thing with Keanu Reeves is he likes the brooding demeanor. Um, yeah, he he. You cannot put him back in the whole Bill and Ted world anymore. I saw that movie. He just he doesn't have it in him to be that lightheartedness. He is more of like a brooding type of actor. Uh, so I do feel like he would fit better in that role. Um, however, yeah. 
he owns a, a, a motorcycle company and is like a diehard obsessive motorcycle rider. <laughs> so it's yeah. like he it's like he's made for that role. You know what I mean? Like I my my big recommendation is, is Keanu Reeves for sure. I I mean, I definitely would be 100 percent OK with that. Another role I think would be great for Keanu Reeves is if they ever do Darth Revan in Star Wars. I think he would fit the part really well. Hmm. Um, just putting that plug in there. So I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. And like I said, the previous month, we spent time, a lot of time on each individual property. Uh, but the length of this show is a little more accurate to what we shoot for somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour. Just a quick little dump of, of this week's news from uh, two nerds who like to gather all the goodies throughout the week, uh, like the Mandalore trailer that we discussed today, as well as some news on the Battlefield 3 Project Reality mod. And skate for becoming skate and also an ea free-to-play game uh and the the ripples that it sent through the gaming world just a couple days ago um so yeah we're gonna be back next week with another episode we'll focus on things that are popping up throughout the week and make a couple segments about it and uh yeah continue on the trend garrett i want to say thank you for joining me as always of course if you want to check out Nerd Chatter on uh, social media, you got at Nerd Chatter Show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, where we do stream from time to time. We might stream a little bit tonight. We'll see what's going on. Kind of want to get on that Battlefield 3 Project reality again. And, uh, you know, if you want to support the show, you can head on over to Patreon. Just go ahead and search Nerd Chatter, or you can click the, uh, the link down in the description down below. Uh, if you're on uh, any of the podcasting platforms, you can head on over to our website at nerdchatter.com where we got some articles that we write throughout the week as well as uh, the newest show. We can just listen to it there. Uh, if you want to head on over to our YouTube, you can give us a subscribe and some thumbs up on this week's episode. That'd be fantastic and appreciated as well. And like I said, we're done with this week and we will be back next week with a new set of segments to cover. And uh, we're out of here. Take it easy, guys.